Roses are red, violets are blue. Don't let a wild pube wreck you. Valentine's Day is just around the corner, and our sponsors at Manscaped are here for you with the best tools to get your balls ready for the special occasion. This V-Day, it's time to join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, the leaders in in-below-the-waist grooming, with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use code TUGI for 20% off and free worldwide shipping. The holidays went by so quickly. Did you remember to take care of your package with the best tools for the job? I know I did. The Performance Package 4.0 for Manscaped is just the thing every guy needs in their life to make each and every day just a little more special. And a little bigger, if you know what I mean. Manscaped created their products for a night just like this and will make your V-Day date say, Wow, that's a great set of balls it got there. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code TUGI, that's T-O-U-G-I-E, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And again, use code TUGI. Join Cupid and shoot your arrow, or something else, with Manscaped this Valentine's Day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Toogie's Take podcast. We are back again. I'm sticking with the tagline, Endo. It's been arguably your greatest contribution to the show. All three of us, us the guys, the fellas, we're back. Endo is here. Sin is here. While, in fairness, he'd much rather uh, be be throttling someone at, at Comcast right now. <laughs> For once, Sin will be the one to do the throttling, yeah. not you, Comcast. Uh, <laughs> so, it's been an interesting start to the show, but again, hey, welcome aboard. Thank you very much for being here. Today, we're going to talk about some hockey. Uh, the good and the bad, because it's hockey, and that's what it's been for the past year or so. Let's be honest. But hey, we'll have fun while we're here. And again, we thank you very much for listening or watching, of course, on the Tookie Steak Podcast YouTube channel. Of course, go subscribe if you haven't. Big things come to that channel, perhaps, perhaps in the future. By the way, boys, for the first time ever, I looked around in terms of the podcast and I saw on iTunes that we have about six or seven ratings so far. So shout out to like the seven people listening on iTunes. I think it was five five stars and one one star. Shout out to that one one star, baby. You're my favorite. It was the first one that was uh, that was on it too, by the way. Because yeah, when I went to rate it, because I was like, oh my god, there's only one rate, and I'm like, or maybe there was like, I don't know. There's a couple ratings at that point, but yeah, one of them was 100 percent a one star. It's like, how is it? And same with on my channel, and I'm sure your channel too. Right when you release a video, somehow. In, within the this first twenty, yeah, within the first twenty interactions, there's always that one or two dislike, or I'm just like biggest fan. And apparently dude. now it's going to happen with Twitter. They're adding comment down votes yeah. or whatever. Like I just got that update on my on my mobile version of Twitter. Mister Playing Card so, is going to be all over your shit. Oh, oh my god, god, yeah, it's going to be. Great. <laughs> oh, that was, that's such a great like enemy to have. It is too. Oh, it man. is. I, I love him. He's great. But yeah, with that, everybody, again, we are back. We're here to talk some hockey. Decided to pass up on viewer questions today because we have a decent amount to talk about as it is, despite the fact that, of course, uh, it is the All-Star Weekend, where I think I can speak for all three of us. I think right now we'd much rather be in Vegas hanging out with some of the friendos for All-Star Weekend. Uh, But unfortunately, hey, money, money's, money's a thing. And sometimes you can't just be like, I'm going to Vegas for the weekend, if not longer. But shout out to the friendos that can. Uh, make sure to follow Monkey Dude 22 on Twitter. He is documenting his entire escapades uh, this weekend, making me jealous and sad that I'm not there in the process. 
because much like Sin, internet issues as of late. Shout out to last night's stream that got completely demolished. <laughs> what is it with internet service providers and not living up to their end of the agreements? Right. I don't know. Welcome to my Jerry Seinfeld impression. What's the deal with ISPs? I don't know! <laughs> hey, they Jerry. say they'd give you a service. I pay for the service. I pay they don't take money off when it's down! <laughs> Is my girlfriend listening to B-Movie? <laughs> like, you like jazz? <laughs> oh, yeah. Also, a quick shout-out. Happy like birthday, jazz. though, Monkey Dude, as well. Also, yeah. What my good, oh, yeah. our good friend uh, Howler as well. I think he's. I'm not sure if he's there, but I think he should be there too. He is. Yeah. Oh, dude, they did dodge. That's no, so. That's the best thing about Monk's Twitter account right now is he was documenting like all the mascots that were there at like the at the craps table, <laughs> <laughs> just, <laughs> just hanging out. Like, imagine you suits, don't know what's going assuming, on. But... You're just in Vegas and you see mascots in their mascot uniforms at the crap table, like. <laughs> Crazy. You see Iceberg putting a thousand on twenty-two. <laughs> it's gonna hit. God, that's the best part. So we'll start off today's show with a segment that I, I really had no other choice but the name Good News, Bad News, because there, there's kind of a mix. There's some stuff that I think is uh that is worth mentioning. Uh, to kind of lighten the mood, put us all into a better spot. But also there's some negative stuff that, you know, is still worth mentioning because of the contributions of certain people. We want to start off this show by saying congratulations, goddammit, to Eric and Melinda Carlson. Welcome to Sun on Wednesday, a baby boy. And in 20 years, should he choose, he will tear the NHL a new one. Yeah. And it's going to be horrifying because... Please don't go to Ottawa. Oh we got enough of your dad destroying the Bruins in the playoffs. Please. Oh, my God. But that was just great news to see because I think most people familiar with them know of the uh, situation, of course, in the past where, you know, they, they had lost uh, a yeah. you know, previous yeah. child. It was just it's, – it's just great news to have seen that. So, again, congratulations to Eric Carlson. Again, hopefully we see him back on the ice. He was supposed to be out for the majority of this month. And, oh, no, what a situation. I'm hurt. I'm sure he'd prefer to be on the ice, but in a roundabout way, it works out because now he just gets to spend yeah. time at I was, home. I was going to say that. Awesome. It's kind of like a paternity leave. Obviously, it sucks that he's not mm. on the ice, and I'm sure he'd love to play there. But, I mean, some pe- some players, like, go through hell when they're in injury because they just don't have stuff to do, man. When you, when you got a new yeah. kid, like, there you go. Like, quality time right there. going to look at it. It's like, yeah, that's my child. Yeah. <laughs> I actually get to see my child instead of being on the ice. And if anything, hey, it helps out the Sharks long term, too, because yeah. hopefully this will lead to them selling. Everything is coming up Millhouse right now, except for the Sharks on the ice. But I think that's a good thing long term. Yeah. And then we put up a crazy good fight against Tampa, you know, because. Mm-hmm. <laughs> gotta got to just stay in that middle ground. Fuck you know? this team, dude. <laughs> <laughs> they suck against the Kraken, and then they go to OT against Tampa with the refs calling the weirdest stuff. There you go. Wanted to mention this story in one of our first bad news ones, but again, I think it's worth mentioning because it was a great article put out that I encourage everyone that listens to this podcast to, to, to read. Uh, Robin Herman, she was a journalist who essentially broke down the gender barrier in terms of reporters and their place. She, she passed away at 70 years old. The New York Times had that article out about her career. I read it this morning. Again, highly suggest you all check it out. But essentially, she was the one to really push for women to be able to have that same standard of like, oh yeah, no, men, men reporters, yeah, come in the locker room, whatever, it's fine. 
And literally, like, her first time walking into a locker room, she gets to hear someone yell, get that broad out of here. But she kept pushing, she kept fighting for that equality, and, you know, again, I, I've seen a lot of responses to her passing about, like, oh, well, it's kind of ridiculous as to whether or not people, you know, reporters should even be allowed in the locker room, and that is an argument I think that you can have, but not right now. my standpoint and the standpoint of a lot of people is, hey, you're going to allow reporters in the locker room, you need to allow everybody in the locker room, and she fought for women to have that right. Uh, so again, please, I encourage you to check out her story on the New York Times, but... Uh, in terms of more good news, shout out to the states of Nevada or Nevada, whatever you prefer. Apparently, that's a really divisive topic, whether or not it's Nevada or Nevada. Sin, Nevada or Nevada? I say Nevada. Uh, there are people out there who say Oregon as well, but it's not as heated of a debate. That's fair. <laughs> I mean, I asked you because obviously California. I mean, Endo, Nevada, 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 Nevada. Nevada, Nevada. What a wonderful phrase. I'm not even sure, honestly. Fair yeah. enough. I think either uh, one is fine. It's a word. We, it's a, we have a short life enough already. So, you know, just live there you it go. up. There was a graphic put out that documented the fact that since the Vegas Golden Knights were announced, like hockey participation amongst youths has gone up 171% in the state. It is not going to be long before we hear about, here's Austin Matthews Jr. Is he going to go play for the Golden Knights and go home? He grew up watching and supporting the team. Can't wait to find out who that's going to be. Yeah. Uh, and at the same time, Austin Matthews will be playing for the Coyotes, so it'll, it'll be perfect. <laughs> so I get the dead face from him. <laughs> yeah, you just got to throw that in there at that point. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's cool. It's, uh, yeah, one of the... One of the good things that the uh, Vegas Golden Knights have done. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm like, how is Sin yeah. going to avoid complimenting I, yeah. the Vegas Golden Knights? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Broken fantastic. clocks and all that, you know. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you need these. You're throwing all the shade at me. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, come on now. Well, these are actually really cool. Like, I, I, now, I, here's the thing, though. I, di I did want to balance it because I knew I'd make that joke. And I want to talk about Josh Hosang. Yeah, that's right. Uh, who made... These comments on uh, the Fan 590 about his past. And I want to read this specific quote. He said, I went from nobody in the NHL wanting me this summer, my agent making calls, and two-thirds didn't even hear him out. What's helped me through this transition, as, of course, he's talking about him being on the Canadian Olympic team. What helped me through this transition, I was entitled when I was younger. I wanted things given to me. That's not how you operate. My message now is to remain grateful. The ability to play hockey for a living is such a blessing. I didn't fully appreciate it because I was focused on the end goal. Now I enjoy the day-to-day. -day. In terms of Josh Hosang, I and many others, I think, were, were wrong. In that the conversation around Josh Hosang was, but why are people calling him entitled? You know? Like, there was a lot of that conversation about, this guy looks talented as hell, but people are saying there's attitude issues, but why? He's flat out owning up to, yeah, I had attitude issues and I was entitled. At the same time, I guess you could kind of say it, it kind of combines with the Jordan Subban conversation as to why people may have been, you know, uh, or, you know, um, why they would speculate as to whether or not this specific player would get labeled with these issues, but in this case, it, it was accurate, according to the man himself, and it's great. I mean, he's only 26 years old, I believe. Like, he certainly still has the opportunity to use this Olympic uh, cycle as a 
you know, a, a platform as a launching pad to maybe finally get that NHL career uh, kickstarted and going as we all thought it might have gone. So, a uh, future 30 goal scorer for the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, Josh Hosang. Uh, don't push it that far, uh, personally. I mean, it's a great story. <laughs> but every Leafs fan has been saying that because he has like 12 goals with the Marlies. He's don't act been, like that's not been a he's thing. He's not even on an NHL contract, and all these fucking bozos don't understand that. He can't go on a contract yet. He's the because, best player ever because he's in a Leafs system. Yeah. He can go he's not even officially in the Leafs system. Yeah, he's story. not. He's, he's, he's like... <laughs> It's like a, not even like technically in the organization. The only reason oh, why you right. got to work yeah, with yeah. like other people is because like they really do share the resources. At the same time, mm. if they want to give them up to the to the higher level, they got to terminate that contract and then sign them that way. But then because of his age and everything, it's signed to a one year one way deal. So the only way he's going to be at a, eligible to play for the Leafs is playoff time. And the Marlies are like on a, the cusp of like a wild card spot, so I don't think they're going to like cut him out of the equation there. I want I want Joshua Hosan to get a shot with the Leafs, but I think right now the best thing for him to do is not to rush it. Everyone's like, oh, Hosan is going to be the best. He's going to be great. Like, this is like, do you see what happened when you rush prospects? Think of it the exact same way. Well, I As mean, a guy who hasn't, like, he's not really, like, he hasn't really been yeah. proven in the NHL either. So I wouldn't want to rush the Hosang situation because of our cap pit and everything. We still got to pay Jack Campbell at the end of the season. We still got to pay a whole bunch of people as well. Yeah, I think that's more Jack of a... Campbell, future Arizona Coyotes goaltender, according to NHL 22, every oh single God. time. Um, I would, yeah, I would say on the Hosang thing, it's more of that you, yeah, you were, you were mentioning like you don't want to rush it, and mostly for your contract situation. But in the in in the way of Hosang, I'd say he, you know, age 26, like he's probably ready for the NHL. Mm-hmm. I don't see him in Toronto. Um, and I know that'll probably disappoint a lot of Toronto people, but like he's, I think he's clearly ready for a shot. It won't be with Toronto because they're absolutely stacked with players like him and their cap situation sucks. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, hey, Doug Wilson. I don't know. <laughs> I see, uh, Seattle. <laughs> I see, yeah, I see Seattle. Like, yeah, there's a whole yeah. bunch of players who are like on the out over here. Ilya Mikhaev, he wants to go out of the city as well. He asked for a trade beginning of the last season. Like, unfortunate of the career he's had there. Like, everyone's going to want to pay a raise with the playing It's so a long. crazy logjam of like yeah. talented forwards. Like we hmm. we went from like having basically nothing to having all these things because of the Shanna plan and everything wants to call and how it's failed. But now we're just like like the talent thing for the past five years has not been an issue. It's just about execution and when in clutch key moments. And they need to figure that out first. And once they get out of the, once they get out of the first round, I think they're gonna finally be able to figure it out. The other more negative story that I wanted to talk about here, but I think it's important for Essentially, like the the entire province of of Newfoundland, and that would be uh, the passing of Chris Abbott, who uh, was the man behind the Buddy the Puffin mascot, uh, you know, outfit since 1992. He had been the guy behind that mascot. That again, hockey changed so much in that province, like consistently. Oh, we have the St. John's Maple Leafs. Oh, well, they're gone. Oh, here's the Ice Caps, and they're gone. But here's the Newfie Growlers. Like so much, like a, a constantly evolving situation in terms of hockey, uh, specifically around St. John. And you know, he was there for the entire thing. He passed away at 51 years old. But I wanted to mention that as well, just to show that in, in terms of like the impact somebody can have on the hockey world, even though it was so restricted to just one region, like that can really carry through. So that was pretty. That was pretty shitty. 
uh, in terms of news to discover as well. And again, it's just 51. That's yeah, and Rob, far, far too young. Robin too, dude. 70 is, in my, I mean, in these this day and age, that's still too soon. Like, mm. it's, damn. Yeah, that's a couple unfortunate passings there. Yeah, and like I said, I mean, it's one of those things that we don't necessarily have to mention on the show, but in that instance of, like, not enough people know the name Robin Herman. I did not know her name prior to her passing, and that's a shame, and that should not have been the case. And in the case of Chris Abbott, I mean, his entire thing is, hey, you don't know who I am, but I am this mascot. But obviously people in the area knew just you know, what he would do, his impact on the community, and I think that's worth mentioning as well. So the last thing I wanted to mention in this kind of good news, bad news segment, the growth of hockey in this good news category, the growth of hockey, we're moving forward in terms of a spotlight because P.K. Subban is going to be in jackass forever. That's awful. Or is in jackass forever, which has come out in theaters today. I, if I wasn't being buried under another foot of snow, I probably would have tried to get to the theater for the first time in a long time to watch this. I am a bit disappointed it's not available on a streaming service, but I get why. Because you've heard like directors be like, oh, yeah, you know, putting my movie on a streaming service kind of screws me over. Uh, but at the same time, he will be in the film shooting pucks at people's crotches to see how protective a jockstrap really is. Nice. I am surprised it's not to see how damaging slewfoots can be to the knee, um, but at the same time, this is cool as shit. And in terms of Jackass, like your memories of the show, mm. do you view it fondly? Oh, yeah. Are you planning on seeing this film at some point? I absolutely will, because Jackass was my thing. Like that, that was, Around the time when I'm, you know, you know, growing up, like that really kind of hit the scene, like in the 2000s and stuff like that. And I mean, it just resonates with you, especially for like young dudes, especially because you got all that energy and, and shit and you just see all these other guys just acting like absolute morons. And I mean, that's what you do. Like you like that as a teenager. You like when, you know, when people do that kind of stuff because you do that kind of stuff and you, you like that. You're like, yeah, look at me. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a scumbag, you know, haha, <laughs> like whatever. And yeah, so I'm so excited to see it, and I'm, I don't know why people are getting bent out of shape that there's, like, new people involved, like, some younger people. Like, it's very weird. Uh, it's, like, this weird gatekeeping going on from, like, some of these, like, OG jackass viewers, but hmm. hey oh, what, what can you do? Yeah, it's just, you know, very fun memories. I watched all that. You know, I loved Viva La Bam as well, and... Uh-huh. Uh, I think yeah. that's one of the things that has some people upset is there's been the whole thing with him and the yeah, controversy well, as to why he's not in it and his there's a good yeah, reason he's not issues that have been well documented <laughs> yeah uh, which is a shame um i think honestly it's been almost essentially i mean it has been a decade since ryan dunn passed away so now it's at the point where it's essentially been a decade where it's just like god you, you, it's one it's the worst thing to sit there and be like okay i have fond memories of this person they don't know i exist but i have fond memories of watching this person on my tv or listening to their music or so on and so forth and just knowing that any day you could wake up and read that they passed away and you wouldn't be surprised that's that's the worst mm-hmm. that is absolutely the worst so hopefully somehow some way at this stage after a fucking decade of this shit that bam margera is able to get clean that would be lovely Lovely news. Endo, any memories of Jackass? And do you plan on seeing Jackass forever? I'm probably going to go see it, honestly. We watched it um, 
when you were streaming the other day, you pulled the trailer. You're like, oh, sweet. I got to do a thing mm-hmm. uh, for the, the Twitch rewards uh, when you get to view something on uh, basically view a trailer and give commentary on it, which is pretty sweet. And mm. we were just like, oh, shit, jackass. Oh, shit, jackass. It looked awesome. We literally mm-hmm. saw Johnny Knoxville get CTE like live. <laughs> Yep. How, how unfortunate that is for him, but it was great content. Uh, these guys give up their bodies like like crazy. Uh, I with the whole gatekeeping thing. Uh, what are you gonna do? Have these guys like when they're eighty years old still jumping off of like buildings and stuff, or getting pot shots to the nuts? Like you want to get like Francis? Well, like, like you gotta to have Sin's a new generation. point. To Sin's point, I think that's why they're introducing some new people. I don't think continuing it. Like, I think Johnny Knoxville was quoted in saying, like, this is his last one because, yeah. Jesus Christ. I mean, he's um, almost 50. Like, <laughs> he actually might be. Oh, goodness um, gracious. Yeah. Yeah, hold on. Johnny Knoxville is 50 years old. I thought 51 in March. There you go. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, it is amazing that essentially everybody involved with this is still alive, you know, outside of Ryan Dunn, which in fairness was, you know, I mean, granted the circumstances around the car accident, you know, are what they are, but everyone's still alive. Essentially. From the stunts you mean? Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. It's insane that nothing ever went so horribly wrong. Um, I, I, I'm excited for the film. And, you know, it's funny. You talked about, like, Viva the Bam. Like, I watched Wild Boys, too, mm-hmm. growing up yeah. with Pontius and Steve-O, and that was great. Like, just, it's so, like, I, I think for people of our age and a little bit older, like, it's so ingrained into mm-hmm. what was on TV and what was, you know, at the forefront of pop culture. Back when as MTV we was still good, growing up. man. <laughs> <sighs> 2000, 2007-ish, 2008-ish. Oh. Here's uh, 16 and pregnant, and just, yep. Yep. <laughs> Off the cliff you go. Like, it, it was even manageable uh, when they had, like, Room Raiders, or I don't even know if, even know if that was on that. It might have been VH1 or whatever. God, I think, yeah, it was. Like, uh, I know it was no. like TLC and 80 had the same stuff. I don't know. I, I All I remember is my sister watching no, all that room, shit, and I hated like, it. Like, Room Raiders was MTV and Next. Yes. Oh my okay, God, they were. Next. They were MTV. Yeah, okay, next yeah. Uh-huh. Was the I hate fucking no, That was like. Those were like almost manageable, but like that was definitely the start of the Bro. downfall. Like that was, it was, yeah. Ugh. I watched. Um, <laughs> I think it was N- Nikki Jakey uh, made a video. Uh, he's a YouTuber. Uh, he, he makes a lot of content like this, and he did one basically on like the downfall of like TV and like basically social interaction because of these TV shows. And it started with like, it was like The Bachelor, and then like Next, and then like all this stuff like that. I think one of them was like, um. It was like MTV was like basically you make uh, someone be a certain like a like a their like a, not look alike a look like of like a celebrity. It's like yeah, this is my version of like what was it like one of the girls from like the Pussycat Dolls. It's like this is my version of this or whatever. It was I think it was made. It was like it was so weird, yeah, it was so obscure, yeah. Like it's crazy. honestly, I mean. We could sit here and just talk about how reality TV completely ruined television because yes. it pretty much did. Okay, but next was It fun. basically did to the point where it's like, here's the History Channel, and it's nothing but American pickers. Like, yes, god <laughs> damn. It's like, like we're old enough to we're old enough to call it out when uh, the History Channel actually showed documentaries. I miss that. Yeah, I used to love watching the History Channel. Oh god! Just- Shout out though to the best MTV show of all time, Fear, where they put people in a supposedly haunted location and if you didn't tap out you won the money 
and its it, its theme song was Voodoo by Godsmack. Just <laughs> oh. oh my gosh. Oh, oh the pinnacle. <laughs> the pinnacle of television. Oh my god. There is one more show. I can't remember what it was called, but you were like you were like in the dark, completely in the dark, and then you had to go through certain things. And one of them I was think like that was fear. Yeah, no, not I think it wasn't fear, but it was like it was something similar. And one of the highlights of the show was I had to basically go into a box and smell something. And then like they, they put like this guy's like ass in the frame. So he's like, oh, it smells like ass. Goes correct. And he looks up at the voice, he's like, What? <laughs> I can't remember what it was called. It was like black, it was like pitch dark or whatever. I can't remember what it was called. Between that and Silent Library, I'm not sure what show. Legends of the Lost uh, Temple. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. And he got slimed right, after. <laughs> God damn it. We'll move on to actually talking about hockey. Thank you for bearing with us, everybody, but I wanted to mention that as well. And again, congrats to P.K. Subban. That's cool as shit, and he will continue. Like, P.K. Subban's going to be, like, the public face of hockey on ESPN or TNT when he retires. Mm-hmm. 1,000%. He is far too great of a personality. There's a reason why P.K. Subban is in jackass and not, like, Luke Glenn Denning. No disrespect to Mr. Glenn Denning. Um, Before we get to our actual talking points here, though, there was some breaking news on Twitter uh, that has been confirmed. First and foremost, the 2023 All-Star Game will be uh, in South Florida, as I believe it was supposed to be. um, Much like the draft was supposed to be Montreal before, obviously, a bunch of shit hit the fan. Uh, As well, Carolina getting a stadium series event. And for the first time in 13 years, the Winter Classic is returning to Fenway Pack. And I will 1,000% be there. I didn't get to go to the 2010 game against the Flyers to see Marco Sturm score the OT winner. I am going to this one. And hopefully, they don't get pooped on like they did when they hosted uh, Montreal at Gillette Stadium. Because, as, as Endo knows from the video we put together about Winter Classics, that is the worst Winter Classic of all time. Shit sucked. Yep. <laughs> but, dude, I, I hope to get tickets for this. I really do. Like, god damn. Yeah. I'm uh, calling it It'd be, be so cool to go. I'm calling it. It's going to be Toronto, yeah. Toronto, Toronto, Boston. I think it's Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh? I think the rumor was Pittsburgh. I don't know if that's 100% confirmed, Pittsburgh but that, even Boston. if it is the Penguins, like. That's pretty cool. God. Fucking like, Boston, Pittsburgh. Like, so here's the thing, man. I might get to see if I get to go to this, and I'm going to save up this year. Like, I am going to do what I have to do to get tickets. Um,. God damn, just imagine, like, if Bergeron stays, like, Bergeron, Crosby, Fenway Park, before both of these teams kind of turn the page, it's just, God, please, God, I want to go to that so badly. <laughs> uh, but along with that breaking news, it kind of segues into one of our other talking points I wanted to get to today, the All-Star Skills Competition. We're going to do some predictions. Because why not? I think it'd be fun to kind of talk about what we expect to see because let's be honest, the skills comp is the best part of the All-Star game or All-Star weekend, essentially. Now, here are the situations. Of course, the new events, you have the Fountain Face-Off where participants will travel by boat to a rink set up in the middle of the fountain where they will shoot five pucks as quickly as possible at five targets because Fountain... (laughs) <laughs> the Field, Jordan Eberly, Claude Giroux, Jonathan Huberdeau, Roman Yossi, Jocelyn Lemereux-Davidson, Mark Stone, Nick Suzuki, Zach Wierenski. This seems like the stupidest thing in the world, but I do kind of love it. Who is going to have the best accuracy while standing in the middle of a fountain? 
Gosh. My vote is Roman Yossi. Hmm. Who who played at the uh, at the Lake Tahoe thing? Because they'll probably have they'll probably do the best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was that Boston and Philadelphia for Lake Tahoe? I thought it was like I don't remember. Colorado and uh, Boston. Yeah. That's uh, you're right. It was Colorado. Yeah. God damn. <laughs> uh, well, no avalanche members there, but Sin, I, I appreciate. I'm gonna go Giroux because that guy has a really underrated shot. Claude the Bod Giroux. Let's go. Fair enough. Future member of some team not named the Philadelphia Flyers yeah. because they are absolute trash, as Flyers fans know. Although I did see the, the the headline. Of course, it's been out there the fact that like, oh, the Flyers have had two ten game losing streaks, yet they're not the worst team in the league because that's how bad. Uh, the bottom teams are, yeah. You know, Montreal, Arizona's like it's insane that they're not even close to the to the bottom half. Yeah, I wish Giroux uh, would. Get... <laughs> I was just gonna say, I wish Giroux would get traded now, so that Tomas Hurdle's value will be great at the deadline. But oh my god, there you go. <laughs> the next one, the brand new twenty-one in twenty-two, which is essentially them shooting at a board to play blackjack. Like it's li- it's literally blackjack. The participants, Nazem Kadri, Austin Matthews, Joe Pavelski, Steven Stamkos, and Brady Kachuk. Uh, man. Like, in terms of someone's accuracy to be able to hit the proper cards to win a game of 21, I mean, I want to say Matthews, but Steven Stamkos' name stands out for me. <laughs> Joe Pavelski. We knew you'd go with that <laughs> one. And, and no, Austin Matthews, just to round it out. Nazem Kadri. He's my he's been my favorite, he's been my favorite player. Um growing up. My uncle was like, Why do you like Nazem Kadri? He's gonna get traded. And I'm like, No, he's not. He didn't get traded, he just fucking left. Beautiful. Wait, did he get traded? Yeah, he got traded for Tyson Berry. Yeah. Fuck, he got traded. He <laughs> sure did. <laughs> and Alex Kerfoot. Come on now. Alex Kerfoot's in that deal Toss too. Toss the fish and read his name out. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> what a reference. Yeah. Oh my God. As well. Um, oh, that trade was uh, Kadri and Rosen, along with a third round pick that eventually got dealt. No, actually, no, John Lucfudi is an Avs prospect. Uh, for Tyson Berry, Alex Kerfoot, and a sixth rounder that became Joe Miller. So, technically Ooh. speaking, we got back Callie Rosen as well in that deal. Because later on, he yeah. came back after waivers, which was like, hey, buddy, we only really wanted to get rid of Kaj, but they wanted you too. Yeah, that's why we won the Carlson trade. We got Balsers back, son. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> the fastest skater. There will be a new winner because Matt Barzell is not an all-star. Ooh. The field is Kyle Connor, Adrian Kempe, Chris Kreider, Kuznetsov, Jordan Kairou, Dylan Larkin, Kale McCarr, and Connor McDavid. Ooh. Now, Somebody did share the top speeds by All-Stars that have been registered uh, this season. Number one, Timo Meyer has the fastest skating speed registered this season, but he is not participating. So there you go, send a little tip of the cap yeah. to Timo Meyer. There are three players in that list. Actually, only two because, yeah, man, Nick Suzuki is in this uh, this top four, but he's also not participating. Basically, Connor McDavid and Kale McCarr have both been clocked at over 24 miles an hour, apparently, as a top speed. I mean, you want to say McDavid, but at the same time, will Kale McCarr's edge work in going around the boards help him out? That's what I was just going to say. McDavid's exceedingly fast, um, but I think why he's so fast is that he just keeps up his speed so well when he's stick handling and moving laterally. It's not so much edge work, but it's like his acceleration. 
Like, mm. you ever see, like, how he gets skating? He takes, like, these little tiny steps, and all of a sudden, he's just flying? Yeah. It, it, that's not really, like, I don't know. I feel like I feel like the speed competition doesn't suit his style of skating. And I, yeah. I really feel like Connor McDavid just is, yeah, I, I, I would have to go with Kale McCarr. I really, I really am going to have to go with Kale McCarr on this one. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking Kale as well. Uh, I would say I would say Connor because like he's like the fastest guy in the league, like no doubt. But the way he's like like Sen said, the way he skates and the way he like does stuff like that, his skating style fits maneuverability and not necessarily like long stretches like the way just going through. Like because notice whenever he skates up the ice, he's always going from one zone to the other. And one of the comparisons, I think, last year, years before, is that an NFL like coach was like, he moves like a running back on the ice. Essentially, the way he skates and goes through left, right, left, and right. Yeah. So him straighting mm. full on straight. His burst is, is very, insane. Yeah. It's very, like, different, per se. So I think, I think McCarr's got it. I'm very excited for this because we know, like, Kyle Connor's fast. Jordan uh, Kyrou's fast. Chris oh, yeah. Kreider's deceptively fast. Dylan Larkin's a rocket on skates. Like he very cheated. much looking forward. Dylan to Dylan Larkin cheated extra steps. He doesn't have the record. <laughs> he don't have the steps. Uh, save streak. Save streak. Which again is you know uh, you just sit there and take shots and see how many saves you can make in a row. It is Frederick Anderson, Jack Campbell, Thatcher Demko, John Gibson, Tristan Jari, Yussi Saros, Cam Talbot. And Andre Vasilevsky. That's okay. a tough one. UC Saros. Yeah. <laughs> if there's I'm going to go with why not. Yeah, if there's one thing I hate about this this event and this this mode specifically where it's most saves, what they should do is have a game. So if you've played hockey, you'll know something called rebound and where essentially the goalie is like basically playing the first shot and then from there it's a mad scrum in front. After the first three saves, whoever, win, whoever wins, like if it goes in, team gets a point. If the goalie stops it enough... Goalie gets the point. It's like three rebounds, and after you can set the goalie wins. That should be an all-star game event because it's one of the greatest things that you as a as a goalie has when they're doing practice. Whenever a rebound happens and you have a practice, they love it. I love it. It's just this is really biased because I I fucking love rebound. It's the greatest thing ever. Uh, I remember a few years ago I was practicing with a junior A team, and they're like, "Oh, want to play rebound?" And like I'm like, "Fuck yeah, let's play some fucking rebound." And we just did that for like a half hour straight. And then, like, loser has to do, like, a lap or, like, whatever. But, like, it was – that's something that they should enter, put in there. So who is your pick? I said, I said UC Saros. <laughs> I just went on a rant about – it was after the fact, okay? I said UC Saros is going to win it. And I said that this okay. event still kind of sucks because it could be something even better. Instead of just, oh, make us That save. describes most of the NHL. Yeah. yeah. Fucking hell. <laughs> like, ask – fucking play rebound. God. Thank you. Sin. Gibson. There you go. Because the yeah. hardest shot, Zdeno Chara elected not to take part, which makes me sad, but I understand he has the record of 108.8 miles per hour. Of course, uh, Shea Weber uh, set the uh, most recent victory at 106.5 in 2020. The participants, Victor Hedman, Timo Meyer. Why isn't he in fastest skater if he's there? What the fuck? Like, literally, I just told you he has the fastest recorded time. Adam Pellick and Tom Wilson, who of course is replacing Alexander Ovechkin, 
because of a... Look, I'm sorry, I try not to be much of a conspiracy theorist when it comes to this, and if Ovi is... I don't want to sit there and say they'd lie about Ovi having a positive test. But at the same time... Like, because it doesn't make sense, right? Like, why would you lie about a positive test when Ovi instead could just be like, fuck it, I'm not going. Like, he's done every other year. Yeah. Uh, except you get a suspension if you do that. I'm just saying the timing of this positive test for Ovi, it can at least make you reasonably go, hmm, that's a way to avoid the suspension. But hopefully How again, long is the suspension? Cool. I think one it's a game, game or two. One ah, game. See, he could score a goal or two. You got to keep that. Got to keep the record up. I'm I'm 100% on board. Lie. Lie, motherfucker. It's go. okay to lie, kids. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think Victor Hedman is going to be a lot of people's favorites. I'm going to go with Adam Pellick. Because out of the star, of, uh, the, uh, the name value in this, Adam Pellick does not have the name value. So I'm siding with Adam Pellick so the Islanders can actually win something this season. Yeah. Okay. And no Mills. Your choice. I know, right? He always just kind of the first to you. Yeah, I just don't know. I I don't I don't know enough about all these players and their shots. I want Pick Tom somebody. Wilson, I want Tom Wilson to win for the meme. Oh, so I looked in a little bit about the. Um, that's why I was silent. Looked a little bit about the situation regarding Ovi. I believe he legitimately has COVID because his wife, like, came was like who went back home, came solo from Russia to Washington, and like when he like when she arrived, it was like, hey, yeah, he's gonna go on protocol now. I don't think like. He, uh, someone would fly like a million miles away from one area just because, like, th- like a tinfoil hat kind of situation. Unless she Sin. just wanted some time huh? away from the kids. Wait, wait, what? Oh, she, I don't even she know. She left. Sin. Uh. So, so she she flew. But no, stop! I don't care. Sin. Fuck? Why are speak. you picking Timo Meyer? Let me speak. Oh, you've been God. speaking, sir. Um. Yes, you have. <laughs> it's not. Oh my! You know what? Never mind. No, never mind. Never mind. It's real. Team okay? It's real to me, damn it. I, I, I don't care at this point. Thank you. Fuck <laughs> you. Uh, the breakaway challenge, which is what you would think it is. This one's more focused on the shooters. Alex DeBrinkett, Jack Hughes, Kirill Kaprizov, Alex Petrangelo, Trevor Zegras, Manon Rayom. Manon Rayom is going to be there. Who? Uh, I'm so glad you asked, because you remember how I said earlier how there's a name that a lot of people should know that they don't know? Yes. Manon Rayom is a name that every hockey fan should know. She was the first woman to ever play in the NHL. She did so in preseason exhibition games for the Tampa Bay Lightning way back when, in 1992 and 93. She is an Olympic silver medalist. And uh, should very much be in the Hockey Hall of Fame. I don't believe she is, but uh, a phenomenal. She also played goal, so I don't know if she's just going to be in she's goal. In yeah. If she's the goalie while people are doing this, I'm not entirely sure. And then someone by the name of Wyatt Russell is going to be there. Uh, which, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Wyatt Russell, the current star of... Uh, God, what is he in that I'm trying to think of? Like, he's an actor, if I'm not mistaken. Like, he's he is going to be a goalie, along with Man and Rayom, in this. And if I'm not mistaken, isn't he in the Mighty Ducks? And that is that what I'm thinking of? Wyatt Russell. Yeah. Um, Wyatt well, no, Russell's no, that's right. Goalie. He's not. He he was in fucking uh, the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah. 
That's what he was in. Like, he's just an actor who fucking loves hockey, I think. Um, yeah, it says God, he's a former he hockey with? player. Yeah, he played yeah. from 2003 to 2010. Uh, BCHL for two years, OPJHL, USHL. That's who he was. He was fucking Anders Kane and Goons. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, that guy looks so <laughs> familiar. He can yeah, I couldn't play. think of it. I had to look it up. So that's weird as shit that they're going to be, that they have Manon Rayom and Wyatt Russell as the goalies. Um, Trevor Zegras wins the end. Yes, yeah. 100%. No one else is gonna come close. Yeah. No one else can pull off as creative of a move as he can. There's no chance. Unless Ovi breaks out the silly hats again. But again, he's not there. Yeah. So what are you going to do? The accuracy shooting. I, unless Endo disagrees with Trevor Zegers, but I don't think he did. I said Trevor Zegers. Does he have a story about? Do you have a Y'all story about? Yeah, Trevor I was gonna Zegers? say, hey, what, 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 what story do you got here? If, now here's a guy fucking had her. He went to high school at St. Catharines University in Niagara Falls, like um, no. Pierre Endo Mills. <laughs> Thank you. Thank. I appreciate that. Endo McGuire. I feel. I feel really. Seen Your joke, but worse. As the joke of this podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, no, I, I got fucking nothing. You know what? Next time we're going to go on like a five-minute tangent just because... It's cool. Me. I need to go to the bathroom anyway. Oh, another one. <laughs> why do I, the last why, competition why is the accuracy there? shooting, which seems kind of redundant when they're doing the fountain thing. Um, but uh, the participants, Sebastian Ajo, Patrice Bergeron, he wins. Rasmus Dahlin, Leon Dreisaitl. We'll see if he manages to spear somebody else in the nuts. There was a... Highlight compilation of him literally spearing guys that was up mm-hmm. on Reddit and uh, talking about sneaky dirty. Oh yeah, Jesus. he's so sneaky dirty. Johnny Goodrow, Jake Gensel, Clayton Keller, Jonathan Marcheseau, and Troy Terry. I'm going with Bergeron out of pure bias. Who's going to win the accuracy shooting? Keep in mind, Jacob Slavin won it in 2020. Yeah, <laughs> so you weird. never really know. Wait, read the names again. Sorry. Oh. Dicks, I just closed the tab. Oh, you don't know. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I got him back. The names for the accuracy shooting this season. Sebastian Ajo, Patrice Bergeron, Rasmus Dahlin, Leon Dreisaitl, Johnny Goodrow, Jake Gensel, Clayton Keller, Jonathan Marcheseau, and Troy Terry. Mm. That's tough. I'll go with Jake Gensel. Just because I don't think anyone expects it. I feel like Clayton I would agree Keller. with that assessment. I mean, hey, we know Deke Slayer is going to be rooting for Clayton Keller. Yeah. So it's good. It's very, very good. Clayton Keller's got a with lot that. of baby fat on his face still. You ever seen a picture of him? Yeah. <laughs> he's so good, though, man. He's been he's so, so good this good. year. And it's, Spending it too much time like, with Kessel, though. It didn't. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> is it baby fat or hot dog related yeah. fat? Phil Kessel. Hello, everybody. It's me, Toogie, from the future. Interrupting this podcast, as I know you love your podcasts interrupted, to talk to you about our friends from Thrive Fantasy, who want you to come prop up today for this NHL season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player prop bets with Thrive. You can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Choose 10 out of the 20 available players on the day uh, for the props to build up your lineup. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and under based on how likely it is to hit. Hit the most props, rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Thrive has over $15,000 in prizes for the NHL and has awarded over $5 million in 
total. So check out the link in the description or go to thrivefantasy.com and use code Toogie. When you sign up today, you will receive a 100% instant first deposit match for up to $100 plus two free contest entries when you deposit at least $10. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or the Play Store or again by visiting their website at www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. Let's get back to the show. It's beautiful. With that, let's move on to talking about a couple of the things that we have here today. Again, looking forward to the skills comp. Let us know your picks. Will you even be watching the skills competition, or are you kind of over it? I've had a couple of years where I'm like, ah, I'm not even interested I, in the skills comp. I'm so. probably not tuning into the All-Star game whatsoever. I just have really no interest. Like, like I said, my interest in hockey has been withering away this year in particular. Hmm. Yeah, I think... Uh, there's a lot of reasons for that based <laughs> off of stuff that have happened that's happened on the ice, yeah. off the ice. We'll get into that. There's one particular story coming up. Everyone knows what we're going to talk about. Uh, and then not to mention NHL 22 is in a rough spot. So it's like, man, even in a video game form, I can't get that escape. Yeah. yeah. But there is one way in which I'm excited for hockey, and that is, of course, the Olympics. Now, the men's uh, games haven't started yet, but for the women, they have. The first uh, two match days have taken place. Wanted to just go over some of the results. Now, the U.S. did beat Finland 5-2 in the opener. Two very good teams. The U.S. lost Brianna Decker for the tournament to a pretty horrific uh, yeah. lower body injury. Um, that sucks. She's one of the best players in the world. And to go down early on in the first game... And just have that opportunity ripped away sucks. Like, really, really sucks. Um, Canada beat Switzerland 12 to 1. Was there ever any doubt? No offense. 12 to 1. Well, see, there is, though, because with some of these results, right? Like, Sweden beat Japan 3 to 1. I know. China what? beat. Yeah, sweet, Japan beat Sweden 3 to 1. Lol. I might have said that in reverse. So, Japan beat Sweden, China beat Denmark. Three to one as well. So while on the men's side of things, we look at like, oh, here's Team China. They're going to get crushed. On the women's side of things, you got Japan, you got China, and they're winning games already, or at least have won a game so far. I think it makes this women's tournament so much more interesting to watch yeah. because it's not just, oh, U.S., Canada, Russia, Sweden, Finland, that's it. Like, there's legitimate competition there. Yeah, I was, I was figuring Sweden would be a pretty solid team. Again, I don't know how much, like... Obviously, there's more parity in the women's side of things, but you expect when you hear Sweden versus Japan in hockey, who do you think is going to win? Like, Sweden all day, and good for Japan, man. I'm I'm excited. I, I'm excited just how much the sport's growing into, like, those non-traditional markets, however you want to say it. It's dope. It is a shame. Of course, the games are on 8 o'clock in the morning on the East Coast, but... uh Oh, what you so it's at like keep an eye on. 5 a.m. for me? Christ, no wonder. Oh, yeah. No wonder I haven't. Yeah, no. I mean, I'm up at 6.20, but ugh. There you go. I'm working. Um, as well, Endo, any thoughts on uh, Canada just spanking the hell out of Switzerland? I mean, you said it's not surprising. Yeah, so. um, that's Canada how it is. Canada's always been a powerhouse. It's funny because the men's team struggles against Switzerland, but the women's team always dominates Switzerland. I don't just know goes to show is. you, women are just superior, clearly. And the power of uh, Damien Bruner <laughs> for the men's or whoever the hell is on that Swiss team. That 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 reference was for you, Red Wings fans. That was for you, team legend Damien Bruner. Um, as well, so hey, keep an eye on that. Support women's hockey. Watch these games. I guarantee you'll be entertained because women's hockey is dope. Pat Verbeek. 
has been named the new general manager of the Anaheim Ducks. Couldn't be a better fit for someone having the last name of her beak. Now, yeah. as a player, <laughs> someone also made the joke that they have Cam Fowler. Uh. So. <laughs> Uh, Verbeek was a Stanley Cup champion as a player, won it with Dallas in 1999. Sorry, Sabres fans. Uh, he retired at the end of the 02 season. He became a pro scout for Detroit uh, and was a scout for them between 2006 and 2010. The same time that Steve Eiserman became the vice president of hockey ops for the Red Wings. What? So again, 06, Pat Verbeek oh, with whoa. the Red Wings as... A pro scout. Yeah. I, 06 is when Steve Eiserman started as the vice president of hockey ops for the Red Wings. Yeah, so I That's forgot. Important. Then he went to Tampa, and then he came back. I was like, wait, has it been that Pat, that long? Pat Verbeek <laughs> would leave for the Tampa Bay Lightning between 2010 and 2019. He'd take on numerous roles, including the director of pro scouting, director of player personnel, and assistant GM. That exact same time frame was when Steve Eiserman became the vice president of hockey ops, general manager, and senior advisor. For the Lightning. Verbeek in 2019 would return to Detroit where he was until he took this job. He was not only the assistant GM, but the GM of the AHL's Grand Rapids Griffins. While Iserman has been the GM and executive vice president of Hockey Ops. So basically, Verbeek and Steve Iserman took on front office jobs at the same time. They have been tied at the hip and worked together. This, at the exact same time since 2006, these guys have been in the same front office. And now Verbeek takes over his first NHL GM job with the Ducks. It makes all the sense in the world to see what Pat Verbeek has. You know what that you means? Know, like, how much value did he bring to that pairing with Iserman? Or was Iserman just kind of dragging him along a little bit? Like, we're going to find out. Uh, but I'm excited to see what he can do as a GM. I think it's a it's a pretty good signing. It's not the traditional signing in a sense where oh Verbeek's already had six chances. Come on down for chance number seven. Like it's just it's a guy who yes has is the legacy of a, of a former player, but has been waiting 15 years for the opportunity to actually be a general manager on his own. Yeah, but I mean. Really, well, I think we're all missing the bigger picture here. Uh, Islanders to Anaheim, or sorry, uh, Iserman to Anaheim. Oof, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> Detroit fans right now just punching the air. But yeah, that I mean, they spent so long saying Iserman's coming back to Detroit, and then he actually does. So, mm. <laughs> and I mean, the, but no, I'm the excited. Plans in full effect. Yeah, I'm excited to see that. I like when new people get hired because that's what the NHL so desperately freaking needs. And Verbeek's coming into a pretty nice situation. Um, he's got a pretty nice little young core developing. I think. We're real. I'm, I'm excited. I was excited to read that. You know, he was. You know, the director of pro scouting, director of player personnel, that kind of stuff. And you know, I wish it would have been more like. I think their amateur scouting is pretty good over there in the Ducks, and I think bringing him in in that sense kind of to me kind of signifies that they're ready to take that next step in their rebuild, which mm. could be good or bad. I do feel like they've drafted really, really well, and they have done it properly. And you're seeing the natural sort of progression of that. But yeah, he's. I'm. I'm. I'm pretty excited to see what they're going to bring to the table. But yeah, he's coming into a pretty decent situation. Along with that, the replacement for Pat Verbeek in Detroit is one Sean Horkoff, Ugh. noted former Oiler. Also played. Tell me if you remember this. He played two seasons in Dallas nope. and one in Anaheim. No recollection. I of that. Kind of remember the Anaheim all. one. 
It was one season, his last year in the yeah, NHL. Yeah. Um, he's been with the Red Wings organization, I'd argue, quietly uh, since 2016. He's had numerous roles, director of player development, assistant director of player personnel. Uh, he has been named the assistant GM of the Red Wings and the new GM of the Griffins, basically taking over for Pat Verbeek's role. So, again, also interesting. I mean... Because I feel like a lot of these guys, except if it's someone like a Hall of Fame level like Steve Eiserman, like someone like Sean Horkoff can just fly under the radar and work his way into a front office. It's the same way uh, that somebody like Daniel Briere has slowly been working his way up. Like he took on his first GM job with the main Mariners in the ECHL and is already kind of continuing to work his way up the, uh, the Flyers organization. At this stage, uh, right now I'm trying to find his actual role with the Flyers, and indeed, like 2015-16, around the same time, took that front office job at the Flyers, started with the Maine Mariners. Even now, he's still the president of the Maine Mariners. It's like you wouldn't really know, like, oh yeah, it's Danny Briere. What's he doing? Oh, he's in front office management. You just don't really hear about it unless you're super tied to that team. So, good for Pat Verbeek. I'm excited to see kind of what happens there, and for the Ducks as well. I mean. I'd say I'd say it was time probably to, to make a change there and yeah. you know, see what happens next. And obviously they have a pretty good young core of players. Yeah. It's definitely time for Bob Murray to go, especially if you ask my buddy who's vehemently anti-Bob Murray because <laughs> he got rid of, well, I mean, yeah, let Theodore go to keep around uh, the other guy. Fuck. Whatever other young defenseman there who's not quite as good as Theodore. Oh, uh, um... God, who did they keep over? <laughs> I know um, they kept Manson. But oh my I don't... God! I know exactly. You're, you're yeah, talking about the I, Vegas I, expansion draft, and they kept a defenseman instead of Shea Theodore. And I, I'm, I'm blanking. So I don't know how I'm blanking on this name. It's right okay. there. It wasn't Fowler. No, it was it wasn't the younger Lindholm. guy. <laughs> yes, it was Lindholm, wasn't it? Was it Lindholm? It was either like him or Manson. Or they kept, or they protected both of them and exposed Theodore. It, it was a big oof then, and it's a bigger oof now. Protected players, Western Conference, Anaheim Ducks on defense. Yeah, they protected Bieksa Fowler and Hampus Lindholm. Unfucking well. First of all, but also more they protected no, Bieksa. BX. It was somebody else who wasn't protected, wasn't it? Like, please, we'll trade you Shea Theodore so you don't take this guy who's vulnerable. I think it was Manson. I think they did that to keep Manson. I want to say that they did that to keep Manson, which is hilarious. NHL.com, Ducks trade Theodore. Then, so they, okay. Okay, here's, so the Ducks have traded Shea Theodore to the Vegas Golden Knights in exchange for the Knights' agreement to select Clayton Stoner in the draft. But who... Were they trying to protect? I think it's Manson, <laughs> which is fucking hilarious. Oh my hilarious. god! <laughs> I have to find this. Oh man! <laughs> I have to find this. I'm blanking all the defensive names. I thought there was someone else too who has like name star with an M. Oh my god! Was it? Was I right? Anaheim Ducks defenseman Clayton and Stoner. They also received Shea Theodore in a trade that ensured they wouldn't select Josh Manson or Sammy Votnin. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> wow! Holy Oof. shit! Yeah, imagine keeping Josh Manson, who made a career out of getting walked by Sharks players. Holy shit! 
Oh, goodness. <laughs> now, apparently there was some issues where the Ducks might not have been able to keep Theodore exactly, but I mean, holy Still. shit, you find a way instead of having yeah. it be that. They traded... Ooh, yeah. I, don't, <laughs> I don't even know how we got onto that topic of conversation at this point, but I will say... Because Bob Murray had to go, and that's kind of why. There you go. <laughs> It lends perfectly into that next talking point where I wanted to mention the Seattle Kraken got their first shutout in franchise history with Philip Grubauer uh, blanking the Islanders because, of course, it was the Islanders. <laughs> now, here's what I want to ask you guys because I cut this out of our little run sheet so you wouldn't know the answer. The Coyotes have had a shutout this season before Seattle. Shout out to the Coyotes, by the way, who also just snapped Colorado's 10-game winning streak and 18-game home winning streak. There are three teams... Out of the 32 that do not yet have a shutout, I would have sworn mm. that with how bad the Kraken goaltending has been, that they were the last team to record a shutout this season. That is not true. Three teams in the NHL have not recorded a shutout. Together, can you name those three teams? Montreal? Montreal for sure. Incorrect. Montreal does have a shutout this Fine. season. Um, yeah. Jake, Jake, was it Allen? Fucking bitch. I can look up who it was. I didn't pay attention notably to who it Damn. was. But it's, I know it's not Arizona because Wedgwood had a shutout. And he just... And yeah, I, I, yeah, just said... Yeah. yeah. I literally just said that Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. So again, there, there are three teams. One in the East, two in the West. Buffalo. As in terms of shutouts, by the way, the shutouts this season, Jake Allen has two for the Habs. Yikes. Wow. Well, I just don't care about them enough, so there you go. I mean, they have seven wins. Holy crap, two of them are shutouts. I mean, I guess yeah. when, you, when you can't score, <laughs> that's the only way you're going to fucking win. They have seven wins? Or nine. Yeah, or they something. only have like seven wins on the uh, on the year. What? I, think. I can get the updated number on something that too. Boys, focus on the task at so hand. I'm here. trying. I'm trying. The Habs, the Habs have eight wins. Excuse shit. me. Eight, Sorry. 29, and seven. Winnipeg. Three teams. Winnipeg. No, Winnipeg has a shutout. I'm, I don't care. I actually don't Edmonton. care. Edmonton. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Edmonton is one of them. Yeah. Uh, Fucking cost in it. Cost. The Oilers do not have a shutout. Nor do the Buffalo Sabres, which I thought was the easy one you guys. Well, I was going to guess Montreal, Buffalo, and then someone from the West, but hell. So it is Buffalo, Edmonton, and the Dallas Stars. That's weird to me. They have a shutout this season. They're like such a defensive team. You figured they would have a shutout. Uh, Ottinger a 9-12, Holtby a 9-13, but yeah, no wow. shutouts on the season Okay, for any Dallas goaltenders. So the one name that really jumps out there is Edmonton. <laughs> fucking idiots. Like, just come on. You fucking idiots. Ken Holland. I don't know how anybody can sit here and just be like, still defend that move. Like, my God. I ripped them to shreds when they made the move because he just signed Justin Advocator and Danny DeKaiser and Jonathan Erickson to these outrageous deals. But Oilers fans are like, well, he can't be worse than Shirelli. He might not be worse than Shirelli, but he's at least as bad. There you go. There is our our weekly shot at the Oilers because Jesus it's Christ. It's happen. Shall we get to the main event of this podcast and talk about the last thing any of us wanted to talk about today? No. Sure. Okay. The Chicago Blackhawks are back in the news, everybody. <sighs> Indeed. So, Sin, what are you having for dinner? Yeah. Let's not talk about <laughs> this. talk about anything else but, but here we go. Yeah. So, the crux of this issue, and by the way, um, there was breaking news that in recapping this incident, there will be no subsequent discipline uh, towards Rocky Vets. 
Rocky Witts for his role in this incident. Because of course not. No. Why why would you face any discipline for making the NHL look like a joke? Although, before talking about this, I do want to mention that in talking about the Blackhawks, because I'm going to bring up a couple of things here, I want to shout out the, the Calgary Hitmen who are giving away or who are doing this uh, the special jersey. They're selling them on their website uh, with the title, Every Child Matters. Portions of the sales for these jerseys are going towards supporting youth sports programs for, and correct me if I mispronunciate this, but the Sixika Nation in Alberta. Uh, the logo's really cool. It's the Calgary Hitman's mask, but it's kind of got like the headdress, the feather attachment. And imagine that. Um, you can do something respectfully uh, for a nation and supporting a, a nation like that uh, without having to have a, a, caricature, a caricature of a person's face as the logo for the jersey. Imagine. Um, the, the summary for this for certain Hawks fans, and I will, I'll tell you right now what this is going to be. The Chicago Blackhawks fan base is one of the best in all of sports, not just hockey. You guys are fucking awesome. Bottom line. I say that as a Bruins fan. 2013 happened. None of this is intended as a shot at the Hawks fan base. That team needs an ownership change. That team needs arguably a name change and certainly a logo change. That organization means nothing in a sense of what has happened and what has been revealed. The logo is not viewed positively. The name, the brand, it's dead. That is a dead brand. And I think the best thing for that team is to completely rebrand. I'm not saying move them out of Chicago it's time for a new era in a lot of ways. Wanted to show, wanted to throw that out there. I will read off the exchange that really kind of sparked this between Mark Lazarus and Hawks owner Rocky Wirtz at a town hall style meeting in which the question was asked by Lazarus. My question is for Danny Wirtz who is also a part, of course, of the ownership group in the front office behind his dad. I know we're looking forward here, but I think we have to look back also. I think much of what happened to Kyle Beach stemmed from the power imbalance between a coach and a player and the powerlessness of a player in that situation. So what are the Blackhawks doing? What have the Blackhawks done? What will the Blackhawks do to empower a player in a similar situation to make sure that doesn't happen again? First and foremost, fair question Absolutely from Mark Lazarus. Fair. Absolutely More than fair. fair question. Directed at Danny Wirtz. His dad, Rocky, interjects. I'm going to answer the question, not Danny. I think the reports speak for itself. Speaks for itself. The people that were here or the people that were involved are no longer here. We're not looking back at 2010. We're looking forward. We're not going to talk about 2010. Mark Lazarus responds, I'm not talking about 2010. Rocky Wirtz, I know, I'm not either. We're not going to talk about what happened. We're moving forward. That's my answer. Now, what's your next question? It's disgusting. Yeah. I'm more tone deaf can you be? Like, I'm laughing at a frustration that he's just like, you know. They've learned nothing. They've absolutely learned nothing. It is beyond fair for us to say, hey, oh, so you're shifting culture. Okay, what are you doing? You don't get to just say, like, that's the problem. And, like, 
when they when people get busted and shit, they're like, oh, I'm sorry. And everyone's like, okay, well, they apologize. That means everything's better. No, you have to actually show that you've changed. It's the same thing every every all these other situations. Evander Kane, everything. Oh, he deserves a second chance. Why? They have not shown that they've changed. Why should Rocky Verts get off the hook because he wasn't involved with the organization? Okay, this stuff happened. What have you done to shift things away? What are you going to do, as you know, the question was asked, to protect these players? What real change has happened? People deserve to know that, and you should wa- you should feel compelled to tell the public so you don't continue to be the organization that covered up rape. That seems like a pretty good option to want to show how you're better than the organization that covered up rape but that's just me oh well sin how does this make you feel that words was then quoted in saying we are the chicago blackhawks and we set the tone of hockey culture yeah no i boy yeah. i don't think he realized exactly how that one came off either does he Mm-mm. i'm well he's, they sure do he's set very the tone, correct don't yeah. They? yeah they not only set the tone but they are completely in line with what hockey culture is yeah absolutely yeah Again, Rocky Words said, I know, I'm not talking about it either. We're not going to talk about what happened. We're moving forward. That's my answer. Now, what's your question? His son, Danny, interjects and says, I can pick up, too, what we are doing today. And I think his father cut him off. Yeah. As Danny tried to... As Danny tried to answer the question, Rocky says, no, that's none of your business. That's none of your business. What we're doing today is our business. I don't think it's any of your business. He's Mark like, Lazarus responds, how was, how is that not my business? Rocky Wirtz, because I don't think it's any of your business. You don't work for the company. If someone in the company asks that question, we'll answer it. And I think you should get on to the next subject. We're not going to talk about Kyle Beach. We're not going to talk about anything that happened. Now we're moving on. What more do I have to say? You want to keep asking the same question, ask the next question. And Mark Lazarus ends it by saying, you said enough right there. <laughs> Imagine... And by the way, I mentioned this as well. There is an update as Gary Bettman is undergoing a press conference, uh, mind you. There is no subsequent discipline again coming his way for this. Now, this is how Rocky Wirtz was willing to act publicly. Imagine how he acts when he's not in front of cameras. Yeah. Imagine how those people on stage, including his own fucking son, yeah. feel... When publicly, he's willing to just say, no, you guys shut up. I got this. I will speak for all of us. I am the owner of this team. I am almighty. You know, I looked at the I looked at the photo of uh, Rocky where it's holding the cup over his head. And he has this grimacing look on his face. And, like, now I see, like, just a disgusting human being who is definitely complicit of whatever the fuck it is if you had any sort of accountability like of saying like oh you know i had no involvement whatsoever you, you've lost it completely especially to have this sort of reaction to someone to a reporter reporting on something that's happened and having mm-hmm. to give information about how you guys are going to improve for you not to make any sort of comment of saying we're improving by doing this and that it shows that you personally are probably hiding something it shows that you also just are complicit in any facet whatsoever, and you should be stripped of your championship as well. It's ridiculous. He should be thrown out of the organization, but we know Batman's not going to do it, and I'm pretty sure he's going to try to do anything he can to keep this swept under the under the rug or not try and talk about it as much during All-Star Weekend. Well, that's what this was, right? This was a 69-year-old man throwing a temper tantrum because a reporter dared not give him a softball question, mm-hmm. but instead... 
said, hey, how, how's everything going with how you're following up on your promises and how you said you would conduct yourselves yep. after it was found that you guys did nothing while this happened to Kyle Beach? He got an update for us. And he threw a tantrum. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's a big update. Fucking hell. And it wasn't just Mark Lazarus that he snapped at. He also snapped at Philip Thompson for bringing up old business and all the negative stuff. Now, Philip Thompson mentioned on Twitter that Danny Wirtz went out of his way to approach Mr. Thompson after the town hall, saying he would be happy to discuss team values and culture and protocols to protect the players in the future. Needless to say, he mentioned, at the time I tried to follow up with Rocky, things got a little bit heated. So Danny Wirtz is outright trying to do the right thing. He tried to do the right thing on stage and after when he didn't have to. And his old dickhead of a dad... Does what he does. Get these old fucks out of positions of power, dude. Like, I'm so fucking sick of it. All these people, like, near their 70s, in their 70s, in all these crazy positions of powers, they clearly don't care. They're from a... They're fucking dinosaurs, dude. And they're... They're... Yeah, I I don't know. It's it's crazy to me. And I, I, I feel bad for Danny, but also, like... I, I can't believe it. Like, he just basically got bitch slapped in public. Like, he got told to sit down by by a controlling he ass He is 44 dad. years old, and his dad talked to him like he was a child. I know. That is publicly gross. It's gross. Again, no, the next... nothing's changed, and we hoped for the best, but it's very clear. At least from the Blackhawks and in that organization, absolutely nothing has changed. Faces have changed. People has changed. Nothing else besides that, and that sucks. And I hope Danny kicks his father the fuck out and actually makes some change because it, it seems like he actually has a motivation and a will to do that, yeah. or he's just much better at PR. That'll remain to be seen, but I'd yeah get get the old it, fuck out. Yeah, it's like the it's like ahead. a whole like year or whatever of like nine months of progress and them actually making an improvement or trying to make an improvement was just outdone in tense like in a minute. I mean they just said they were going to. No, they, oh yeah, they nobody were... believes now that yeah. they've yeah. actually done anything. No, not at all. Now, and here here's the issue. The very next day where he says we're not talking about twenty ten, we're not looking backwards, uh Rick Westhead at TSN reports that uh there are more lawsuits coming the Blackhawks way. There is a former player from the University of Miami, Ohio, uh, who has apparently filed a lawsuit saying Brad Aldrich has used, or at the time, used his his name, his connections to say, oh yeah, I'm friends with this player and this player. Uh, showed off, I guess, the Stanley Cup ring and a way to build trust. So, at the same time, look, we can't comment on whether or not what happened actually happened. We'll wait to see uh, what happens. Obviously, again, I'm not going to sit here and just be like, oh, yeah, for sure, he did this. But Brad Aldrich also does not get the benefit of the doubts. At the same time, it's worth mentioning the Hawks are still facing lawsuits for this shit while Rocky Wirtz does what he does. And the response, thankfully, from the NHL, uh, particularly the, the TNT broadcast, they talked about this and they Good for absolutely slammed the, the response from Rocky Wirtz, and thank God for that, including Wayne Gretzky saying, and quote, if I'm a parent, I want to know if my 18-year-old kid's being drafted by that team if he's actually going to be protected. Yeah. That yeah. is so fucking important for Wayne fucking Gretzky to have said that. That's huge. I, I literally it's, got chills from just from reading that quote just because how, how important is Wayne to the hockey community? And for him to say mm -hmm. that, that's... 
that's a big step forward because we we've been talking spending all that time talking about how much the old guard sucks and the old the dinosaurs and all these fucking people and then to have Wayne Gretzky who is the idol of all those fucking clowns to say that at least in public he's the idol they're probably bashing him right now in private but to have him say that is so 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 massive like anyone on the fence maybe Maybe that'll if it just pulls a few more people across into the light and understanding the gravity of the situation, it's it's huge. It's it's from a cultural standpoint for hockey to have Wayne Gretzky be on that side of the fences is big. The next step for the Blackhawks now is finding a new general manager. Obviously, Stan Bowman stepped down this past October when all of this came out. Uh, They have announced that they have officially conducted interviews with Kyle Davidson, who has been the interim GM uh, since Bowman stepped down. He has been with the Blackhawks for 12 seasons. Does that instill any confidence that something might change in that front office if you're going to have someone stick around who's been there for 12 years? Nope. They have also interviewed officially Eric Tulski. Uh, who is currently with the Carolina Hurricanes. He's been there for eight years. He's an assistant GM right now uh, and previously has served as vice president of hockey management and strategy. Uh, he was also, um, he previously wrote for Broad Street Hockey, NHL Numbers. So he is someone who's a bit more, I'd say, in tune with like the analytical, statistical side of things. And the other name that's being thrown around that might get interviewed is Peter Shirelli. <laughs> I want to fucking throw up. Jesus Christ. Not Shirelli. No, what? No, they deserve it. They deserve it. I hope, I hope they, I hope, I hope they get Shirelli. I hope Rocky Wirtz gets Shirelli because he just wants a fucking yes man in there. Honestly, it, 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 I, I think there's a good chance that happens. I hope it does. I think they'll likely stick with Kyle Davidson because again, he's been there and he knows the, uh, the line that Rocky Wirtz would like to tell. That's very true. He's probably, yeah, I, honestly, he's probably more of a yes man than Shirelli would be. <laughs> even, even though Shirelli is part of the old boys club, like, yeah, if you have someone you've essentially been grooming there. Um, <laughs> sorry for that for the word choice, but at the same time, yeah. it does fit in this context, I guess. Mm. Obviously, this is when I elected to start this podcast almost a year ago, right? And flat out, again, thing, things have changed in regards to this podcast. But I was asked to do this podcast for years, and at no point did I ever think, like, oh, yeah, we're going to have to talk about stuff like this. I just want to talk about how this guy missed an empty net the other day, and it was funny. Um, obviously, again, and I've, I've alluded towards it before, but different ideas of how to handle this show. I can't imagine... And number one, the show as it was wouldn't have continued in its in its current form. Um, again, I've alluded towards it in the past. Um, you know, but Deej, he had ideas of how he wanted to have this show go if he was going to be a part of it. And for me, there were more serious topics coming up, and I felt like it was important to cover them. And that that's what it is, you know. And I don't blame him for wanting to have that approach of like, hey, man, at the very least, it's depressing as shit to have to talk about this because it is. Who wants to sit here and talk about how? fucking garbage Rocky Wirtz is as a person. Oh, but he's done this charity-wise, I'm sure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Tax purposes. Yeah, there you go. Um, I don't think any of us want to sit... I don't want to sit here. I won't speak for you guys. I don't want to sit here and have to sit, you know, and talk about consistently, thanks to the Blackhawks, about a lot of this shittier stuff, but 
it is a hockey story at the end of the day, and this is a hockey podcast. It's that simple. I mean, again, I don't... Based off of how outspoken I have been, and I've talked about this before, like when I started on YouTube and Twitch, really up to about 2018, I tried to toe that line of... I'm just going to try to avoid anything that could be viewed as political and just stay out of it. And look, there are some people that do a very good job of that. And it leads them to certain places. Like, I respect the fact that, you know, and I I don't want to use him as an example, but I I look at a Nasher, who I have never seen anything even close to that being discussed. And that doesn't make him a bad person or a good person. I respect the fact that he can do that. But for me, the makeup of who I am... I am a rather vocal person, in case you haven't noticed. I I could not, based off of what people knew about me, how opinionated I am, whether or not you think I'm right or wrong, agree or disagree, but how opinionated I am, I couldn't have, you know, not been able to talk about this type of stuff as it's going on. And nor do I think it would have worked out tremendously well uh, to try and take that approach of, like, let's keep it positive all the time. When weeks later, like not too long after Endo was brought onto this show and Sim was brought onto this show, all the Kyle Beach stuff breaks. Yeah. And you get more of these stories that, yes, are, are negative and shitty to talk about, but they are like intrinsically tied to hockey. You have to discuss this shit. And that's why I wanted to clarify right out of the gates before we really got into the meat and potatoes of the story to Hawks fans that, again, it's not attack on you. You can't control what the, you can't control the fact that your owner is a fucking dirtbag. I'm a Bruins fan. Jeremy Jacobs is no angel. I am well aware. Jeremy Jacobs is like every other rich white man. Only cares about the profit. That's it. He doesn't give a shit about anything else. Every Bruins fan will pretty much tell you that. But again, when you have stories like this, it's like, what do you do? Do you talk about it or do you not? And you know, I don't necessarily, I'm not necessarily someone that cares about how I look, like my outward appearance in terms of, oh, well, Tukey didn't talk about this, so he must mean he agrees with Rocky, where it's like, I don't care if people were to think that, but at the same time, I do find it important to be like, hey, Rocky Wirtz is a piece of shit. Yes. I feel it's important to have that opinion out there. If people yeah. are going to watch and support me, I feel like it's important for people to know that that is how I feel. Yeah, I, I, I have to agree, and uh, yeah... Yeah, and, and to your point, yeah, I think I could have done a much better job at, you know, marketing myself, but that's just not in my DNA. Like, I don't care about my image. I care about what's right, and this isn't right. So I have to I have to speak up on it. I'll be whatever. And but I, my what image I, is me. Yeah, exactly. Like, I am my image. Exactly. I do not put on a front. Yeah. And if that means that certain people don't like me or certain people won't watch me or certain brands don't want to work with me, then cool. We're not meant to. We're not meant to work together. That's not meant to work out. You can't please everybody. But I would much rather, and again, it's no disrespect to, to Andrew, to Nasher at all. I respect what he does. I respect that he just kind of stays neutral and focuses on him and what he loves and the content Seems that happy he makes. And that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, he gets aesthetic. incredible opportunities out of it. I'm not saying or alluding towards like, oh, yeah. I think he's fake. Like, no, I think that just is him. Yeah. We, like, you know, I've had good conversations with him. We are different people, as if that is not very obvious. Like, I look up, not saying I don't respect what Nasher does, but I look up to, uh, say, somebody like a a true Jordy on the YouTube side of things, where that guy is just fucking unapologetically him. Don't want to work with me? Fuck you. I don't need to work with you. It's worked out well for him. It's worked out well for other people. Like, if me being me and, you know, expressing certain opinions keeps me at a certain level, 
and fuck it, it keeps me at a certain level, you know? Like, if, if there are Hawks fans that are like, ah, I, I don't, I disagree with you about them changing the name and the logo, I'm not going to listen or watch anymore, then hey, I appreciate that you listened or watched in the first place, you know? So, it really is just one of those things, obviously, where I think we would all love to just be able to have that ideal situation of it's all positive all the time, because there's only positive stuff to talk about, but... For as long as people like Rocky Wirtz are in position of power in the hockey realm, that's not going to be the case. I have a hunch. There are some positives. Um, we've discovered. Yeah, we talked about some great positives. Yeah, we, well, I mean, no, no just, just not not in general. Just mean with this story. Um, there's things that yes. we can find with it. There's we're, we're, we're seeing that a lot more of the media is stepping up. Um, it's mm -hmm. not just Rick, Rick. Rick Westhead is still spearheading it. And without him, who knows? But it, yeah, to see more media members standing up and, you know making a stand and actually asking tough questions it needs to happen that's a that's a pretty big positive we're seeing a lot more people find the strength to come forward that's a positive we're maybe seeing the league hold them accountable and if they're not people are ready to jump down the throat and clean house of the nhl these are positive things because they will lead to the positive sort of change that we need to see so it is it is good to, to see that and that's what i kind of I'll, I'll choose to think about before I go to bed is that Rick Westhead is out there standing up for these kids and giving them a voice. And that's, that's good. I think that is the big takeaway from this. And it's in a way similar to what we talked about with the Jacob Panetta, Jordan Subban situation. The response from the, the media and the public at large is closer now than ever to what it should be mm -hmm. and how these situations are handled and not just kind of brushed off as no big deal or not even covered in a sense. Like there is absolutely a time not all that long ago where the response to this would have been like, oh yeah, Rocky words. He really fucking gave Mark Lazarus the business, mm -hmm. stupid reporter. What the hell are you doing? That was very unprofessional of you to ask Rocky words that question. That 1000% would have been the response not all that long ago. Yep. So I think you're right. The takeaway here is how the media responds. It's a lot more in line with what it should be in questioning and calling out Rocky Wirtz. I think the response internally is that you look at Danny Wirtz to say this isn't just an organization that's completely off the rails and that it looks like there are some people in there who, are, uh, you know, thankfully don't agree with the chairman of this uh, organization and will hopefully continue to kind of fight for like, hey, maybe, maybe don't fucking do that again, you fucking idiot. You're making it difficult for the rest of us. Yeah. There are positives to take away from this. So, with that, um, it was one of those things where, in terms of scheduling out the show today, I'm like, okay, how do, what do we talk about first? What do we talk about last? Uh, I think this was important to kind of leave as the last talking point of this show. Um, and a big thank you to everyone that uh, does listen to and support this podcast. I mean, again, like I said, we started this a year ago. Twists and turns to it, but I'm glad to still be doing this. I mean, it was one of those things, you know, you start a podcast, it's like, am I going to be doing this for a full year? Turns out, here we are. Um, and who knows what the next week will bring, what the next months will, a couple of months will bring, but um, we're going to talk about it, you know? Uh, as fun as it can be to talk about certain subjects, like as fun as it can be to sit there and talk about, hey, P.K. Subban's in Jackass Forever. At the same time, it's the duality of the sport. We get to talk about something cool like that, and then we get to talk about Rocky where it's being a gigantic scumbag. That is hockey. That is, it's entertainment. That is entertainment. Like, it's just, 
It's the duality of man, except we're focused on a bunch of people hitting a vulcanized rubber puck with with sticks. What is vulcanized rubber anyway? I don't. I, 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 Does anyone even know? They always say vulcanized rubber. I'm just like Star Trek. I didn't watch Star, Star Trek. <laughs> I don't know. Oh my god! <laughs> is it real fucking smart? We got smart leather out here. Vulcanized rubber is any type of rubber that's hardened through the use of heat and sulfur. It's made via a curing process in which the rubber's elastomers, I'm a smartman, uh, harden in response to heat and sulfur. So basically, it's just a superheated puck. Mm. Yeah. That somehow doesn't melt because they just keep reheating it, I'm guessing. Yeah, I actually know one of the guys who, like does like all the pucks for the NHL. And that's all the time we have for you here <laughs> today. Right. Thank you guys very much. If you want to hear Endo's 30-minute long diatribe, you can listen to us on the Patreon feed for those extra bonuses. You can find Endo on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash Endo Mills. You can find Sin on YouTube at Sin for the Win Production. Even God damn it. I'm just going to fucking Twitch.tv slash Endo Mills, whatever. I am everywhere at Tookie24. We'll hear Endo's puck stories next week. Thank you all very much for listening and for watching. Again, the podcast channel is out there. Just search Tookie's Take Podcast. And, of course, again, thank you very much for listening, uh, regardless of where you listen. If it's iTunes, if it's Apple Podcasts, a lot of our viewers are on Apple Podcasts. You're beautiful. Spotify, everywhere, we're there. Find us. Uh, Endo, we love you. How are you going to do this to me in my month? Come on. They give me the shortest month of the year, and this is what you do. <laughs> This is what you do to be on the shortest month of the year. The, the month. Black History Month. I was like, the I'm month. joking. Uh, yeah, like, it took a second, didn't it? Anyways. Well, because I, I immediately thought of no, time. I, 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 the first thing I thought it was time of the month. I was like, what? What are you? Oh, you're making a really bad dot joke? But no. You're... No, no. It's fine. Have a good night, everybody. Uh. <laughs> does Toogie is racist? <laughs> does I, I does just have to know. Oh, no. Oh, there is no better time than right now to get into the stock market. I myself have spent the last two years of my life trading for an income. That's why I'm really excited to bring you guys this product right here from Jake the Stock Guy. It is an options trading alert service and really it's more than just an alert service. It's an educational uh, service. There's tons and tons of professional traders in there day in day out not only giving you alerts of what they're doing but helping you learn the tools of the trade so that you can take that knowledge with you for the rest of your life and i myself use this product every single day i have for the past few months so right now look in that description there's a link there for your 14 day free trial